It's good to be back, my friends. Back to die on this hill. Back again with my good friend, Mr. Eric Pfeiffer. Talking some hockey today with the NHL trade deadline looming. When is the deadline, by the way? Deadline is deadline March 8th. Tomorrow, March 8th. Uh, March 8th. Oh, no, next Friday. Sorry. Next tomorrow Friday. is yeah, week uh, from the, tomorrow. Fir- the first. Yeah, week so, from dude, tomorrow. This year's, this year's flying by too fast PM. already. Flying by too fast. It's wild. Right? Wow, my little, my little, you know what's fine by fast. My little guy just turned three on Monday. Wow. Wow. That is it. Time flies, man. They say time flies when you're having fun, but I'll tell you what, just time just flies in general. It does. It does, especially when you're having kids. Right? I don't have any. Which I we're not going to do guy, anymore. But he's, he's even two now, and I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, Honestly, I look at him, I'm like, how the hell has it been two years? But then I think back, and I'm like, I only remember times with him now. You know what I mean? I'm sure it's you with Reed, man. Like, you look back and you're like, wow, it's been three years. But now you look back and you're like, wait a second. But I remember so much. It seems like well, I'm well, you know, because you're with him every day. Yeah, and I had uh, some some friends from hockey or whatever used to rag on me a little bit because I post, like, I post stuff about him on Facebook. I used to when he was a lot younger, a lot more. But yeah, I like it because then, like, you get the, you know, the, the, how it does the memories. Yeah. You get the memories, you get to see them, and they pop up, and, and that's how, like, that's how I remember things. I see the picture, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that day, or, or you know, that time, or whatever, you know. So One of, that's really why I do it. And there's other people that we know that that we don't get to see every day. We want to kind of keep up with them. So, oh, absolutely. But I also know what I love nowadays too: technology, because they have those picture frames where you don't have to just put one picture in. Now it cycles through and has tons of pictures. And like I love yes. that. Like I love those like photo album like picture frames. Um I the just digital that, ones, right? Yeah, yeah, the digital ones. Cause then you yeah. can add new photos to it. So now you have old photos, new photos. You like I, I honestly like one of the best, you know, things to come along in a while, I think. Cause again, just yeah. you know, fun to look at, you know, again, uh, it, it just, you know, keeps it, you know, right. keeps the memories alive. My wife and I got one for my parents. I believe we got one from her parents. And uh, and I realized we didn't have one. So I got her one for her desk at home uh, for our anniversary last year. Nice. So, That's cute. You know, and it, they are good. They're good to have. Um, I, You know, this one's at her desk. We may get another one for the living room. I don't think so. I get to see it once in a while when I walk by it, you know. I'll stand there for a minute, Give it another it year or two. I bet you'll have one in the living room, too. You'll have one, like, a little bit yeah. bigger somewhere in the living room. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Yeah. Can't hurt, right? You know what else can't hurt? Right. This trade deadline because there's a lot of teams looking to improve. And uh, let's start with uh, wherever you want to start, my friend. I don't know if you want to start local or if you want to start uh, a little more national with this. but um, I'm I got one that's both for you. Go for it. So uh, we talked about it uh, when we did a little bit of NHL last time, how the Devils were um, – in a deal in in talks uh they basically almost had a deal done it was right there it slipped through their fingers because of money and this is why this is so interesting to me um markstrom the goaltender from calgary the devils tried to acquire him uh, it's been one of the things where people think there's a glaring weakness for the devils um you know calgary is battling for a wild card spot in the west but they're they're selling it seems uh getting ready to retool not necessarily rebuild but you know, Markstrom's got two years left on his deal. They just traded Tanev, which is interesting because it was a three-way trade that the Devils basically were credited for brokering. 
and were involved in a little bit. So what happened with the Markstrom trade with the Devils, the reason why it slipped through their fingers was because they wanted Markstrom signed through 2025-26 season. They wanted Calgary to pick up a portion of his, more than Calgary was willing to pick up of his $6 million annual salary. Uh, Calgary didn't want to do it. Markstrom has a no trade clause. He agreed to the trade with the Devils. He was willing to come here and it just fell through because of money which brings me to the trade that happened i believe it was yesterday uh where the devils brokered a deal with the stars it's a three-way trade the stars and the flames okay the the stars who are who were one series away they lost to the vegas golden knights the eventual stanley cup champs in the uh western conference finals last year we're looking to, to bolster their blue line a little bit. They had two left-handed defensemen playing on their top line. So they bring in Chris Tanev uh, from Calgary. Now the Devils were a part of that deal um, because they ended up starting the deal out where the Devils ended up getting a fourth-round pick out of it. Uh, the Stars received Tanev and goalie Cole Brady, who was a fifth-round pick from the Devils uh, in 2019. Okay, so he's just kind of an add-on to the trade. The Flames receive a 20, uh, the defenseman, Artem Grushnikov, who I believe is a, a prospect. Uh, I'm sorry if I butchered that name. A 2024 second-round pick, and then a conditional 2026 third-round pick. Now, the conditions on that is if the Stars make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, which is win three playoff series, how they worded it, which is making it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Stars make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, they get that third-round pick. If not, they get nothing. And then the Devils receive a 2026 fourth round pick via Dallas. The most interesting part of this one to more me thing, is one more yes, thing sir. about that. They received the fourth round pick, but they also retain 50% of TANF salary. So I was just, this article that I'm reading now, I don't know if this is updated. That's what I was just about to get into. That's what's the interesting part to me. I wonder if the talks for Markstrom are, are, are back going and this was kind of the devil's way to show some good faith because the devil's so now the article that i read yesterday told me 50 percent. the article that's in front of me now says that the stars have to pay 25 percent of his salary the devils are paying 25 percent, and then the flames are retaining 25 or 50 unless it's the other way around the devils are doing 50 and the flames are doing 25 but to me this is huge um this might mean that the talks for markstrom have ramped back up again coming to new jersey and whether it be at the by the trade deadline or in the off season because he still has one more year on that contract and he's willing to come here uh it, it just shows me that maybe this was a sign of good faith from the devils where they're going to go ahead and, and they're going to give up some money so that they can help this trade go through so that both of those teams get what they want and then maybe the devils can get a little bit of good faith in the deal out of markstrom also available in Calgary, which I've brought up before, is Noah Hannafin. Now, I don't know if they're able to pull both of those things off with one team. But if they do it before the deadline, they're, uh, if I believe it's, I have to look at the wild card standings, which luckily enough, I do have up. They were actually uh, had a better chance of getting to third in the Metro uh, behind Philly than they did getting into the wild, the last wild card spot. But now it's the same. Uh, yep, as of yesterday, they were only like four points behind Philly. Now they're five. 
um, or maybe they were three behind Philly. Now they're five. So it's the same. They're five points behind Tampa for that last wild card spot who they just lost to last week. And they're five points behind uh, Philly for that third in the Metro, which, uh, you know, last wild card spot could mean the Devils Rangers first round. Third in the Metro is most likely going to be Carolina Devils. But beyond that, whether they make it or not is not what we're talking about here. The big thing is that trade deadline um that markstrom trade i was a little disappointed that it fell through i mean six million dollars a year i don't know the cap situation in and out offhand but you know i feel like that's a guy he's got a um he's about two points better in save percentage and all three of your goalies on your roster and he's got he lets up one less goal a game now granted the devil's defensive uh front the blue line isn't that great right so the blue line you have a couple of guys who are probably borderline minor leaguers on that blue line. So you can't solely put it on the depth on the goaltending. But when you bring in a guy like Markstrom, who's probably having a career year right now, his value couldn't be any higher. Uh, he's playing, a, he's having a great season and he's not playing behind the greatest team. Uh, you know, I think that makes a difference in that, gives you a chance for that final push in those last 20 games. Now, again, like I said, I don't know if this is something that they're going to be doing at the deadline or if this is something they're trying to set up good faith move for an off season move to get them to come in the off season. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I'm telling you, I think that that was the reason the devils were involved in this trade. Maybe they have a good relationship with Calgary, but I think more so is the fact that they wanted to, get that Markstrom talk going again because I really think that's the guy they're looking for to bring in. He's got one more year on his contract and then see if they can sign him to a long-term deal. Okay, so then you don't think this is the last move for the Devils then? I don't. I think again, do I think it's going to happen at the deadline? I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think what it is is it it leaves the door open for it to happen at some point and that's what's going to be telling for the Devils. Are they willing to just see what happens this season and then really put their, you know, pedal to the metal in the off season and bring in what they need to become a contender or do they think they can do it this season? So I think March 8th by March 8th is going to tell us a lot. Do they think that they can make it this season and make a run? If they make the necessary moves, then yes, they do. Um, If they think it's something that needs to be visited in the off season, then you might not see too much going on by March 8th from new jersey all right so who do you think is going to be the biggest player then in the in the trade talks over the next 24 hours well a lot of the big players are are gone there's some interesting ones um tanev was a big one noah hannafin's a really big one uh somebody's gonna acquire him i hope it's the devils but you know it's hard to say um tarasenko is another guy who's in the trade talks an interesting one to me and the team he was mentioned possibly going to um, was Adam Henrique because Anaheim is definitely sellers at the deadline here. And uh, you can never have too much depth down the middle at the center position. You know, he's not what he was 10 years ago or whatever, eight years ago, but he's still Adam Henrique. He still plays a 200 foot game. And he's a guy that if you plug into your lineup, he's going to be productive for you, not only in the offensive zone, but in the defensive zone as well. And to hear him maybe going to the Rangers, I mean, in my head, it's like, let's let's bring him back. You know, uh, you can't, like I said, you can't have too much depth at that position. So uh, I would love to see the Devils, if they can get him cheap enough, which I don't know that they will be able to. I don't think they can make all three moves by March 8th, but it would hurt me 
dearly to see Adam Henrique wearing the red, white, and blue New York Rangers. Yeah. What about Tarasenko going back to New York? I'm not sure. I, you know, I was reading through it earlier. Um, I'm not sure if that's what they're looking to do. Uh, I, I don't think it's a bad ad for them. He had 21 you know, points in 31 of, games for him last year. Right. And part of bringing him back now, I'm not sure. Uh, didn't he have a pretty a disappointing playoffs? Yeah, but I mean, you know, I know they were only in forgiven. for a round. Yeah. That can be. But bringing in a guy like that who's familiar with the locker room is not a bad move because when you have a team that's playing as well as they are, you have to, your moves have to be calculated at this point. You know, the Devils have to bring in guys that. He's about not the only same can they try and make a run too, as uh, right as and, the, and the, well the Devils have to bring in a guy who you know the guys who not only can help produce from March eighth on but you want yeah. guys that you have a young team that has a possibility to be a contender over a, a long period of time to come you know uh, Devils fans need to be patient but you bring in a guy like Tarasenko back to the Rangers, that's more of a calculated move. You have a guy who's familiar with the guys in the locker room. Now you got to also the general manager over there, he knows, uh, or, you know, people within the organization know what that chemistry was like with them in the locker room. So as long as everything was copacetic, there's a chance he could come back because I think that's a nice calculated move. But then you also have to remember he's more of a, he's a right winger. Whereas if it's the same money wise and you're going to get a guy like Henrique who can win you faceoffs and can play well in your own end is going to lay out and block shots in the playoffs. To me, that tips the scale a little bit more towards Henrique um, just because of what he does in those gritty games for you that maybe Tarasenko might not be able to do for you. You know, he's a little older. They're both a little older, but I just feel like Henrique gives you a little bit more in your own end. Yeah, um, the only the only thing I'm going to throw out there is that I was um, following Boomer Esiason on Twitter. I saw him throw something out that uh, you know not to buy into the propaganda that New York's okay right now, and that they still actually do need a right winger. Uh, he's looking for a, a you know a right winger. So I I think that that was an interesting tweet, and that's why I kind of brought it up. And then when you said about a right winger, I'm like, well, that's actually something that they could be they they could use right now. So that's. It's an interesting move. Um, again, I think Markstrom to the Devils would be a great move for them if they could do it. He's still got you know time left on his deal too, so it's not like he's uh, one and done. Um, yeah, I, I think that it could be could be a real good move. I mean, who else do you think with time left could get moved? I'm looking at a couple guys here, like maybe Jake Allen, Jacob uh, Chernin, uh, Pavel Bushnevich. Could any of those guys type of guys move? I think Buchnevich uh, could move. Um, a big one that that I've been that a lot of people have been talking about. Uh, now he's on the the long term injured reserve until early March. Well, we're getting close to early March here. Is Jake Gensel? Uh, he's the second leading goal scorer on the Pittsburgh Penguins behind Sidney Crosby, and he's going to be an unrestricted. Now I know you asked for guys who have time left, but he's going to be a pending unrestricted free agent this off season. And it's sounding like Pittsburgh's looking to move him. Um, so that's another interesting one. Uh, you know, left winger. Uh, you got experience playing in the playoffs, you know, and that's kind of what you're looking for now. You got a couple guys from Philly. I'm not sure Philly's going to sell their guys. Um, Zegris. Zegris is an interesting one because he's a young, talented player. Uh, he's got two years remaining on his deal. And, you know, he's a he's an all-star. He's been in the league a couple years. He's been in the all-star game every time. 
Uh, he's another one on the ducks that they might be selling and they could probably get high value for. But then again, that might also be a guy that I think they might want to build around. So it's really hard to tell. Zegris is an interesting name that not many people are talking about. You know, uh, otherwise, you know, you have UC Soros, National Predators goalie, 28 years old. He's got one year remaining. Um, some people are saying he can go to the Hurricanes. Uh, you know, they can never have too much goaltending, right? Uh, they had two guys come in and play well for him last year, but I think that was their weak point in the playoffs last year was their goaltending when it all, you know, at the end of the day. But um, so that's an interesting one. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. We might be getting on this maybe a week too early. I'm sure things are going to heat up next week. You know, Friday, 3 p.m., March 8th, that's when it's over. So you start getting into Monday of that week and things, you know, start moving a lot more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if Markstrom doesn't go to the Devils, where would be his likely spot that he could land? Would, I mean... Well, we just talked about like Carolina. Carolina would be a decent spot for him. I was thinking of uh, a different spot, and I was thinking this because I mean they have some of the best players, especially offensively in the world, but it just doesn't seem like they have necessarily the goaltending to keep up with that level of scoring. Um, because they seem to let up a bunch of goals. Uh, what about the Oilers? Lowers is a good spot, but you're talking about a team that went on, what, a 16, 17-game win streak. Um, so, they, you know, they, they could score six, a lot seven of people goals think a game with, you know, with David and Drysdale. They have, or they have a solid offense. They do. And, you know, when McDavid says he wants, when McDavid decides to take over a game, it's hard to stop him from doing it. Um, you know, it depends. I think the price is going to be heavy dependent on whether or not Edmonton feels like they need to make that move. Um, a lot of people are talking about them, even though Vancouver's having a great year. Uh, you had, you know, Vegas won the cup last year. You had Dallas, uh, you know, was a surprising Western conference finalist. Uh, a lot of people are still talking about Edmonton being the team in the West right now. They had a rough start to the year. It was kind of slow, but then they came on, they had that 16, 17 game win streak. Uh, you know, they kind of got stopped by the all-star break. And then they came back out and I believe they won a game or two after. But eventually got, you know, every win streak comes to an end. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know, man. That's a tough one. It's going to really depend on price. I'm trying to look up some stuff while we're here too. And everything I'm seeing from Markstrom is, you know, if the New Jersey Devils can make it happen, that's where he's going. But with him controlling it, like I don't see him saying no if Edmonton comes knocking on the door. Now, what about um, another possible landing spot for Markstrom that, that I'm just thinking about? What about Colorado? Uh, yeah, Colorado's another one. They, you know, Gorgiev hasn't worked point. out the way they thought he would. No, I think that was their weak point in the playoffs last year as well. Like we talked about that kind of with Carolina, where the, Carolina, you know, I said this last week, Carolina's built to be a playoff team. Colorado's built to win the cup. They have the the grit, the speed, uh, and that was a weak point. So I, you know, again, you know, if Colorado comes knocking, like Marshall has that no trade clause. He gets to say where he goes. If he doesn't like the deal, he gets to say no. He'll stay there until they find the right deal for him. If Colorado comes knocking, he's not going to say no. I don't see it happening. 
but it's all going to be about what they can put together and what they think they can afford and what they're willing to give up. Well, that's was the a thing big is, one. What, what, what would they give up? Because, I mean, to be honest, they, they, they're a little short at center. They... Well, it's hard for me to talk about that because I don't value... You know, I come from a place where when the Devils are winning cups, Lou was dealing first round picks and, and he didn't care about them. He said, if I need my first round pick, then this organization's in a lot of trouble. And as you can tell with the drafting of Jack Hughes and Nico, Heischer, the organization got in trouble at some point, but Lou used to deal draft picks like they were nothing. And I, I don't, I'm, I, I just, I've always had that mindset where I don't value draft picks as high in the NHL as you would say in the NFL. So it's I really always hard talk for me about to talk it's about not it. about who it's not about the draft itself and it's not about where you draft it's who's doing the drafting. That, that, that's what I it agree. comes down to because you see time after time after time that good teams and good coaches that don't necessarily pick in the top 10 somehow find stud guys at 15, 20, 25, round 2, round 3, round 4 of different drafts. Like the, the good teams know how to scout good talent and that's to me, the difference in drafts, like you could tell me all about like, oh, they have the number one pick. Well, great. The Bears have had the number one pick. How many times the De Detroit's had the pick? How, how many times? How often does it work out for these guys? The Browns have had that pick. How many times? How, how often they all keep picking back at the top again? Very few times. You know, the Lions have been able to dig themselves out of that hole in recent years. But for the most part, it's not. You know, where you're drafting, it's who you're being drafted by that's going to make the difference. Because, you know, you could be the greatest quarterback in the world, but if you get drafted by the wrong team in the wrong system, you're probably not going to make it in the NFL. And it's probably the same right. in hockey, too, that, like, if you're drafted by the right team who has the right development people there, you're going to develop into, good into a good player. That's why some teams stay good for a long time. Other teams, they don't develop as well, and it doesn't matter if they draft first or last. Whoever they draft isn't going to turn out well. So it, to me, it's about where, like, not where you draft, but who's drafting you and the team you're going to that matters the most. I agree, and also, like, just look at it. Like, everybody's always, always dealing these top ten picks, like, like, like they're these big, high price things. But how many top ten picks out of every year actually work out? Like what I would love to actually look at and like, I've never actually sat down and tried to do the percentages, but I'd love to know exactly like what, it, I mean, I'm putting it in my head without looking at it, maybe two or three out of the top 10 actually end up working out in the long run. And people buy up top 10 picks like they're yeah. gold. But that, but that's why it's, you know, the smart teams learn to use them as commodity too. Because you know right. you've got to you've got to know what you're doing, and again, so picks only as good as the people making them. And again, if the you know if you can, if some teams value picks more than others, and by all means, and you're you're looking to upgrade now, get rid of them picks and and upgrade now. Um, yeah. Well, and to to um, to go back to you know talking about the Rangers and their needs and. and the the talks of possibly Henrique going there. Uh, another guy from the Ducks who plays right wing who could add stability to the right wing position for them is Vetrano. So that's something that the, the Rangers could look to get and that the Ducks want to move. 
I know I'm a little amateurish at this. Has he played? He's been with the Rangers before, though, right? Uh, that I don't remember if Frank Petrano was there. I could be wrong. I'm gonna check. Uh, as far as I remember, he was a duck for a while, but um, he was an All Star this season. You know, he's on pace for his first 30 goal season. So that's one. Uh, Eberle, you know, so here's the thing. The thing that I think would, would, if the Rangers are saying, okay, we're going to win a cup now, I could see them bringing in a guy like Tarasenko back or, or an Eberle who are 32 and 33 years old. But if they're looking for guys that maybe they can plug into the lineup for a bit, I don't know what's out there for him in that situation, you know? I'm proud of myself. I did know that. He was with the Rangers for one year, 2021-2022. For that, he was with Boston, Panthers, the Rangers, and now he's been okay. with the Ducks the last two years. But it's so a one year with the Rangers. I just remembered that name, and that's why. So I was like, I, I could have sworn he was a Ranger. I'm glad he was. Well, that's that's something where if, the, if they want to solidify the middle and also bring in a right wing, they could pull that from one team. And that's a little bit less of a stretch than saying, you know, the Devils getting Markstrom and Hannafin, which honestly I think are two pieces of the puzzle that the Devils really need. I mean, if I'm the general manager, that's what I'm looking at. I'm trying to make that happen. You know, you bring in a guy like Hannafin, I believe he's 27 years old, and you try and sign him in the offseason. I believe he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. You try and sign him in the offseason, you know, you bring him in, from what I understand, they have a really good locker room. And I'd like to touch on something else too, which which really kind of to family guy, as a family guy, you really grinded my gears uh today <laughs> that I saw. Hold I on, wait, I actually through. have a drop for this now. Hold on, wait. You could call oh. it the Oh wait, hang on. That didn't work the way I wanted to. All right, now we go. Hang on. Well, I botched that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> knucklehead news of the week. Run by a knucklehead here himself who can't hit the buttons right. <laughs> well, listen, so I'm scrolling through through uh, one of my social media platforms. I only have one. But um, I come across NJ.com has an article that uh, the Devil's GM needs to do the right thing and fire Lindy Ruff. All right. Can I just say... Nobody goes to NJ.com for their opinion pieces on sports, number one. Number two, especially not hockey. So NJ.com needs to do the right thing and fire the guy who wrote this article, right? All you're supposed to do, you're supposed to be the Paul Blart of news. Just observe and report, all right? Don't go out there and try and give me an opinion piece that you think the coach needs to be fired when he doesn't have a good blue line. His top players haven't been able to stay healthy, and the goaltending is shaky at best. So I, that frustrated me a little bit, and it was so matter-of-fact. I didn't even read the article, but the headline was so matter-of-fact that this guy knows what he's talking about. That I just don't think NJ.com has any place to do opinion pieces on a sport like hockey, any sport for that matter. So I don't know how you feel about that, but that really— I love the fact that you're dying on the show is what I love. I love the fact that without even reading the article, the headline— Got you so fired up that you were like, this guy doesn't know his ass from his elbow and needs to go. Like, that to me is is awesome, and I am happy to hear you take that stand, my friend, because I'm going to take the same stand with you. The guy clearly doesn't know what he's talking about, and 
again, if you don't know what you're talking about, you're right. NJ.com isn't the place for big opinion pieces. It's a place you go to get your news. It's a newspaper. Like, that's what it is. Right. It's, not opi- it's not opinions. It's news. So focus like on want, the news. Want, focus on focus reporting on the about the game. Focus on the things that are happening, upcoming. Fo- you know, even if they want to talk trade deadline, I'm okay with that. But don't go on there and give your opinion. You're supposed to be unbiased. When you are calling a game or you are writing for or, or, or talking with a news station, you should be giving the news. If you're looking That's for it. opinions, you come here to die on this hill where you get your opinions. This is an opinion-based opinion, show. Opinionated. Yeah. We make that known off the top. He is on a newspaper giving an opinion piece. To me... That's bullshit. It is. And, like, you know, your job is to basically break down the game. Say, okay, first period, you know, Devils came out flying. Like, that's a that's an okay opinion. You think they came out flying. I'm cool with that. You can write that. Devils come out flying. They score the first goal of the period. Jack Hughes from – and this is just hypothetical. I'm not talking about an actual game. Right? But just tell us what happened throughout. Right? I want to be able to read an article – and then know how the game went just from reading the article if I hadn't watched the game. I don't need you telling me that an NHL coach needs to be fired when you've probably never sat in a locker room with one to interview him. Now, I'm not saying I have either, but come on. Like, I, I was so mad when I saw that, and I think it's the second time I've seen it in a few weeks. Like We went through this last year, okay? In the beginning of the year, Devils fans were, were chanting, fire Lindy. And by the end of the year where they were chanting, I'm sorry, Lindy, it's not the coach's fault. You maybe could blame the GM for not putting the right pieces in place, but I won't even go that far. I just think it's been in the last year. They overachieved this year. They're about where they should be battling for a playoff spot this off season or this trade deadline. is going to be huge for this team and this franchise and could set them up for the next five years. You still have Jack Hughes on a long-term deal. You still have your captain, Nico Heischer, on a deal. You still have Dougie Hamilton on a long-term deal. You still got your young guys developing. Luke Hughes is going to be a player. I know maybe he hasn't played up to people's expectations, but let's not forget the guy played collegiate hockey, and their season is 25 games maybe, and now he's coming into an 82-game season. So anyone who expects a kid to go from playing a 25-game season to come in and play consistent in an 82 game season is just out of their mind. And they don't know what they're looking at or talking about. The guy's got to learn the league. He's got to get used to it. He's going to be a player. I'm with you. I'm with you. So, and, uh, uh, I'm, I'm dying on the hill with you. I'm, I'm planting the flag. We're there. And uh, yeah, he, he definitely needs to get a better grasp on on things because it it's not the place to give opinions and i wish that they would take that part and keep it to themselves or take it to a platform like this by all means take it right. to a platform like this give us your opinion nj.com that's not where we're turning to uh turning to for opinions right So uh, on a different note, um, I kind of was sitting on my couch earlier and I had a bit of a bit of an idea. Um, You know, obviously this thing's going to take, you know, grow wings and fly away. This thing that we're doing here. I mean, the fans are lucky enough to get two shows tonight and they didn't have to hear me talk about baseball. Right. This, I mean, do you have any opinions on the uniforms, by the way? And I only asked, I haven't seen them. Well, 
in the next couple days, whenever you get time, because I'm sure whatever <laughs> whatever the one social media site you use is, you can find a picture or just Google it. But uh, yeah. take a look at the uniform and the pants. Like they're practically see through, dude. They're like they're 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 there's something wrong there. Like you could you you, uh, you can see what everybody's swinging. It's just not it's not it's not copacetic. <laughs> so you know you just gotta you, you take a look when you get a chance. But I bring this up because this is the first year that Fanatics has taken over like this portion of the manufacturing distribution whatever for MLB baseball. Next year, oh, yeah. you, Fanatics, can their, you can see their undies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. You could see things. Trying, so, well, uh, but, trying to get more lady viewers, huh? I guess. But you, but see, the thing is, I guess up until this year, this is the first year they're not tailoring the players' pants. About like oh. every year before this, players' pants were tailored so that they fit them correctly. Now they're lumping everybody right. into four categories. So you're going to be one of four categories. You get that size pan. That's what you got to deal with. It, the players hate it right now. It is it's atrocious. The actual jerseys they're making too for the fans are terrible. Like they're they're just very cheaply made. Even the second tier ones. So like get away from like the first like hundred dollar one. Once you get up to like the two fifty one, you'd expect that to have some sewing, some whatever. No, it's all still ironed yeah. on stuff. It's not until you get to the very top tier that anything's ironed. They shrunk the letters and the numbers by half. They've uh. It, it, it just seems way cheaper, in, in my opinion. So, and so I, I bring this all up because to bring it back to hockey, Reebok makes the hockey jerseys right now, but Reebok just gave the you know all of that to Fanatics. So the jerseys are still going to be like the MLB jerseys are are designed by Nike, but they're actually manufactured and made by by Fanatics. Same thing here, where Reebok is still going to design the jersey. But Fanatics is going to make the jersey with the pro issues going on with baseball's jersey. I'm interested to see what next year is going to bring for and the next couple years are going to bring for hockey because next year manufacturing will stay pretty much the same. They're going to keep the same manufacturing plant until they get their own up and going. Um, so for the first year or two, jerseys might not change too much. It's after that, once you know Fanatics fully has control of the manufacturing and distribution that you're gonna probably see some changes in the hockey jersey you may not love well they're already not as heavy and thick as the sweaters used to be they're still nice though but they're not as uh, as thick as they used to be i know the players kind of like it they breathe a little better they're a little bit better i know the players are enjoying the jerseys right now but do you have it's uh jerseys? dude i gotta be honest like you're talking about the greatest baseball league in the world like Taylor, the man's pants. He's making <laughs> this guy's making hundreds of millions. You know, not all of them, but a lot of these guys are making hundreds of millions of dollars. They should have pants. I mean, they could probably go out and buy their own pants and get better pants. Like, why? Are we, so to me, it sounds like okay, we go for fanatics this thing because we thought they were going to do a good job, and they got this big million dollar, multi-million dollar, maybe billion dollar, I don't know how much contract to manufacture these things, and they cut corners to make every penny off that they could is what it sounds like to me. Pretty much. You pretty much nailed like, it on the head, but uh, that's why it worries that or me. They what, didn't do you have, think, what do you think they're going to do they to the, uh, the NHL jerseys? I don't know. I mean, the, the NHL jerseys have gone a lot lighter weight uh, over the years. I mean, and you're you're not talking about a tailored jersey. You're talking small, medium, large. You know what I mean? Yeah. Extra large, double, extra large, whatever it is. 
I'm not sure they can. I mean, the baseball uniforms are are per player. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hockey so I'm just saying, like, hockey well, what if you went to buy a hockey jersey as a fan? And you're you're looking at jerseys that are two hundred and fifty dollars or or more. That thing, and they're ironed on. Yeah, I'm not going to be happy about that. Not not in the least. And you know what? It's funny too, is because they have these ironed on that look like stitching, but you know it's not. I used to print them. Yeah. So they're basically doing. You, <laughs> remember when I used to work for the hockey rink or yeah. for the the, the pro shop? Mm-hmm. We had a travel team out of there, and uh, they wanted their. They used to have like they wanted their names on the back of their jerseys, right? So we found these. Um, they were a red, white, and blue team. We found these blue backgrounds with these red, uh, you know, foreground for each letter. And I went and I put every single name from that organization. And they have a lot of teams on those jerseys. So you're telling me that I could have picked up the manufacturing contract for the MLB or whatever and printed these jerseys for myself in my basement? Yeah. So, I mean, I can get it done, dude. I, I can do a couple hundred jerseys, you know, in a couple hours. It ain't hard. That's what I mean. Is so I just I just feel like I feel like they didn't have either either they're trying to you know scam as much money out of the deal as they can or they didn't have the, the size of manufacturing that they thought they had they took on this deal they couldn't handle this deal and they said oh shit well but that's let's just the thing do is they can't way. say they can't handle the deal because they handle every major sports industry out there they handle the mlb they handle the uh nfl NBA, that literally, that I think they handle Major League Soccer. They handle, I think, like some of the Premier Leagues and stuff like. They handle so many different, uh, all the major sports leagues in the world practically use fanatics at this point. Like uh, hockey is one of the last ones to get over there as far as manufacturing and, and distribution goes. So that's why it's just so weird that you'd figure they they're cornering the market pretty much. And yet they're going cheap. Like, they're not making it any better for the fans. They're not enticing the fans. They're just like, ah, oh, we know you're going to buy this crap anyway. Like, <laughs> Right. And the most surprising thing to me is is that they're doing this to the Major League Baseball players. Uh, that, that, to me, is a big surprise. Uh, you know, generally it's the guys like us, the fans, the guys who make a couple, you know, you know, the guys who are living paycheck to paycheck. Generally, we're the ones who get screwed anyway. Right? So now you got multi-million dollar, multi-million dollar guys getting screwed on their everyday job because you know these guys won't take the time to, to fit their pants properly, right? And they, you know, and they didn't even use enough material so they wouldn't be see-through, right? I don't know, man. That's <laughs> how about that? Something shysty about that to me. I don't know, man. I don't like it. I'm with you. It's uh, it's definitely a weird one. Um. But yeah, I I'm interested to see what happens with the hockey jerseys going forward. Now the Fanatics is in the mix, but again, company like Fanatics, they're as big as they are, they're a corner in the market. They have more money coming in sports wise than almost anybody now, especially for memorabilia and everything else they sell. I I, I just don't know how and why they wouldn't want to do better for the fans. But at the same time, again, because nobody really, in the end, it's like the NFL. Nobody really gives a shit about the fans. They only give a shit about the money. And it's just unfortunate because we're, we just all just keep taking it. <laughs> we just keep getting screwed and, like, I have to say, thank you, sir. May I have another? Like, uh, Right. Hey, I also have um, 
So the idea that I was going to bring up, right? I've been kind of getting that itch again. I've been playing a little bit of uh, Texas Hold'em. Not, oh, yeah. not a lot. Not for, not for a lot of money, but I've been playing online. Um, I deposited 10 bucks into an account at Ben MGM Poker, and I've been able to just build it up playing various cash games, and tournaments, and whatnot. Um, and it keeps me playing. But uh, I had an idea for this die on this hill, man. It's like once, you know, once this thing catches wings, like I was saying, which it's going to, uh, you know, maybe we have a nice fan appreciation poker tournament. Come in, we got a buy-in. We call it maybe uh, the the Glenn Tressler Invitational, something like that, you know, in honor of your father who loved, who loved playing poker. Yeah. You know, I know you can find us a venue. Um, oh, yeah, so funny, funny. I, I would I love, I love it. Uh, I love the idea. All right, you get a little interaction with the fans, you know? Yeah. Take their money so, while I'm at it. I was just ha! like, yeah, well, you know, hey, whatever the buy-in is, the buy-in, you know, set, we'll run the tournament, how it runs, and, how, you know, wherever you place, you place. But like we it. will be playing as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're just running it to run it. No. <laughs> Got to play in it, too. Got to play in it, too. So it was just a thought I had while I, miss I was playing cards. Right, I haven't you... played nearly as much as uh, I would have hoped, but uh, actually I haven't played in almost a year, and it'll probably be another couple weeks. I'll be in another few weeks. I'll actually be playing again. Uh, when me and Janice go to f- go uh, take a little vacay, there's a few spots yeah. down there that uh, Dad used to roam. That I know I'm gonna go and. Uh, Hit up, I think, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturdays and uh, Sweet, get my game on. So, yeah, I'm actually pumped about well, it because it's, it's one of the ways that helps me remember him. You know what I mean? He taught me so much, but, you know, I learned a lot from him playing cards, too. Um, so, yeah, I love that. Yeah, and if you, ever, uh, if, if you ever get some of the old buddies, like, uh, you know, Carl and Raj and maybe me and you and a few more. If you ever want to run a home game or something, you let me know, man. Let me know in advance, and I'll try and make sure I can get there. We we can definitely do something like that. We'll have to try to set something like that up. I know it can get a little little more tricky with our buddy Carl uh, having, you know, you got number, <laughs> yeah. number four coming. That's, that's, that's wild, man. That is, that's, that because that, now, 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 now you're, you're not them. just out, outnumbered, you're doubled. Like, yeah, yeah, there's twice as many of them as in our review. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, love luckily, I'm um, uh, happy and healthy. I know that's coming up, I think, soon, next like week or two. Soon. So, yeah. Yeah, it's soon. I got to check in on him. I haven't talked to him in a bit, but I know it's coming soon. I know, um, luckily, you know, Connor's a bit older and he's a real good kid from everything, you know, Carl tells me. So, um, pretty sure he'll be a big help to them. You know, he's going to be a great big brother to the new baby. And I'm sure he is to the twins. Twins are still a little bit young, maybe to, to add the help that they need. But I'm sure Connor's going to be a real big help for him, too. So they may be able to pull him on their side. And maybe it'll be three versus three. Right. And man, listen, they're probably counting down to the days of when he could drive. <laughs> <laughs> Already they got the countdown yeah. somewhere. Connor's like, what's that number over there? Don't worry about that. And <laughs> they're just working it off every day. <laughs> But, yeah man well this was awesome well, hey, my friend and uh glad we yeah. got together to talk some nhl trade deadline just catch up a bit uh it is always always a pleasure and uh 
Yeah. Yeah. And then, listen, I, I'm sorry if I was a little choppy with the trade stuff. You know, I just kind of been getting into it. There's been a lot of information coming at me. Um, but if you want to, you know, like I said, March 8th, next Friday, the deadline's 3 p.m. If you want to do one Friday, I don't know if you're busy Friday night or maybe we can get together. No, I'm around. Let's let's make it happen. Yeah, no, let's. uh, I would love to do something, you know, right up into or or, you know, obviously like right after, like that Friday night. I would love to uh, talk a little trade deadline, see where everybody lands, and uh, see how we think it shakes up the the the, this playoff push because there's what like 20 games left now, about that. Something like that. 22 games left for some people, but I think the Rangers have 20. I think the Rangers had 22 left because I think they just played game 60. So, yeah, yeah but so it's right That's around the big there. push. Yeah. That's where you want to be firing, man. Those That's last where you want to get so. hot at the end of the year. Uh, it's, it's not about it's who tough. gets hot early. It's about who gets hot late. Yeah, and then the, those new guys who get brought in, how are they going to mesh? How are they going to fit into the system? How is all that going to work? So we'll have all that for you next week, hopefully Friday night. And, um, you know, I'll have everything. It gives me the day from 3 p.m. and on to kind of write things down and 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 have it more readily available than I was tonight. Uh, I you might not have been on my best my game friend. tonight, be but I'll have it for you guys next week. Don't be too hard. On All, right. All right. And until yes, then, sir. don't be afraid to have an opinion, and don't be afraid to die on this hill with us. Unless you work for NJ.com. <laughs>